0: We're holding in the nach the story of Pinchas that he had uh challenged Negod of Neruvain to ask why they bought this in his bag, they explained themselves. And Pinchas, Pinchas expects ex accepts explanation. But yeah, and we're holding my pair of face pass of Ahmed Alif. So Pinchas tells these three Shvatim Today, we know that Hashem is with us. that you didn't uh, commit this act of treason, so to speak, against Hashem. Which means that had you done this, then you would have caused punishment to Klai Yisrael. So this way, you've saved Klai Yisrael, so to speak, from being punished by Hashem. Oh, in other words, they didn't do anything. So the, said, in other words, based on their accusation beforehand, Hashem is going to punish us. And now with your explanation that it wasn't a very, so you say that's what we were worried about this punishment. The, the Malbim explains them, taltim or Frashtem, which means that had you done this, you would have separated yourselves from the Jewish people. And uh, same thing by by explaining that it wasn't your motive wasn't anything wrong, so you mainly didn't separate yourselves from the Jewish people. So they accept that. There's another explanation that unfortunately gave you also. That Hayom Yedan is that Kihas was saying that the proof that you tell the truth that we see HaKadosh Baruch Hu still with us. Because we know that especially in the time of the navim that the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu reacted to Avera is HaKadosh Baruch Hu left. We see after the angle we see by the Merakim we see any time when there was a service and Avera being done that the Baruch reaction was to leave Qayisra. And if you see that the Shekinah is still here, that's the proof that what he's saying is true and that he didn't do anything wrong. Okay. They had gone as the messengers of the Jewish people. And they come back and they report back to the rest of Klai Israel what they had heard, that there wasn't a reason to, so to speak, begin a campaign against them. They thanked Hashem, basically, that. The, why they thanked Hashem? So, the Mitzvah explains that they thanked Hashem for the first sense, so to speak, delegation to discuss with them before they went to war, which we saw was always a mistake they're going to make later. Or, they Israel, that Israel hadn't done anything wrong. So, the 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 Negotiation and so they didn't need to go, to set out a war against, to destroy the property of Nehruven of Nehgod. The yuk of Nehruven Ki when they said Ki Hashem This was the reminder, the witness, so to speak, Hashem that uh, they also were faithful to Hashem, and they also wanted to be considered part of Klai and that their territory should be part of Eretz Because that concludes the parasha of the return of the God and Nehruven the to their homes. Is this Zbech ever mentioned again No, because it was never used. It was meant as a symbol, and uh, over the course of time, it disappeared. We I mean, don't what happened to it. Now, there's a midrash which is brought, which is interesting. The Nach doesn't talk about, and that is the midrash says that when the Beni them the river and returned to their homeland, remember they hadn't been there for 14 years, so they they met a battle going on. The neighboring countries of Ammon and Moab, or wherever it was, had attacked, so to speak. The cities which the God and the Ribbon had built, and the children which they had left behind 14 years ago were now the ones who had to defend defend themselves against an attack. How could that be? uh, How could it be that Hashem would let the nation's attack? So here they were doing the Tzibwe Hashem to fight on behalf of Christ. Okay, so let's answer the question another question. So the... the, post- the Muslims goes on to say that they the didn't recognize their children, so they didn't know who was fighting who. But when they saw that uh, the one side used to say Shema every time they went into battle, so obviously these were so that was, and So they joined forces with them and they managed to uh, repulse the enemy. Now, uh, you could ask the question, why did Hashem let this happen? But there's another amazing thing, and that is these, these neighboring Goyish nations had 14 years to attack. And uh, for all those years, they lay, the land lay defenseless. And it was just so happened that the time they chose eventually to attack after 14 years was exactly the time that the troops of the Garden who were seasoned warriors, returned home. You You understand? Things like this don't happen by chance. It was orchestrated. In other words, had they wanted to successfully, so to speak, attack the children of the Garden they could have done it at any time until then when there was no one to, to stand up to protect them. And Hashem orchestrated the Dafke now, that uh, that the the attack is scheduled for when Gulanai Gadol Me'Rivin return. Like I said, to to strengthen the, the army, to help fight the war and be victorious. So, in it was orchestrated. Why was it like that? So, we, the we, the midrash doesn't say more than that. But we know a number of times a similar and and that is that sometimes. We under treaty or we under obligation not to attack a certain country, but if they attack us, then we are allowed to defend ourselves. And if the defending ourselves means that we go into the offensive, we destroy the enemy, so we are allowed to do that. We were attacked first. and You're going to see that in Medaber and A number of the countries which, as he fought against, really we weren't allowed to fight them, whatever treaties had been made. But they fought us first. So if once we once they instigated the battle, then they broke the treaty. Right, so it could be the same thing over here this was a reward from the God of the That for their loyalty to fight for Klaistral, they would be able to despoil also the neighbouring countries around them. Except we weren't allowed to attack them first. So it's proper orchestrated that they attacked the God of the and therefore that broke any commitment on so to speak Klaistral's behalf not to start an offence against them. And it was orchestrated in such a way that the dafka happened when the God in the river returned and they were able to to obviously overpower them. But they had some so that brings now the next parak of Gimel is we're coming to the conclusion of Yeshua's career, the end of his life, and we see the two next two parakim, which conclude the sefer, are going to be the two final messages that Yeshua gives to the Jewish people. So the first is the beginning of parak of Gimel, Vayim <speaking> Yami <in> Marabim, Acheri <Hebrew> Asheriniach Hashem LeYisrael It was many days after Kadosh Baruch Hu Lechla in peace from all the enemies, and Yeshua gets old. VaYikra Yeshua holy Yisrael, the sainav, the the shaytav, the shaytrav, he calls all the levels of leadership of the Jewish people, the sainim, the heads of the shvatim, the judges, the, the shaytrim of the police, vayomer lehem, anizakanti, bosi and I'm just showing you that he's reaching the end of his life, and therefore his final message to, to them, paralleling very closely with Moshe says in the Torah with his final message to the Jewish people. You've seen everything Hashem did to all these nations in front of you. Your God He fought for you, as we saw many of the the wars were ended in a miraculous fashion. Now Yeshua says that I divided up all the remaining land and therefore all the Goyim who are still living in different parts of the land, in each shabbat in from the Yarden and all the nations which was destroyed and sold the sea. And therefore just like it had been successful in Yeshua's lifetime to destroy the goyim that destroyed, it's so now referring to the goyim which haven't yet been destroyed. So Yeshua promises them will take some away from in front of you. He will drive the mountain to we'll be able to like supposed to conquer the land. Back the condition for that? To drive out the Goyim. The strengthen yourselves, not to, to guard the Torah, not to change any direction. This reminds us of Hashem's original uh, words to Yeshua. Right, beginning the it was exactly the same thing. At the Perak Aleph, when Yeshua takes on the mental leadership, and Hashem comes to give him instruction, he says, Kivat the same words to him. His words well there were, in the beginning of Parak Aleph, Rak Khazak we're at Moedlish Melasis Chalatar Shatir So the same idea to be, to be Chazak, we saw the gun said that there, what it means to be Chazak is against the answer of the Ezra. Regard to the Torah, not to change, not to move to the right, or to the left. primarily and this again is mirroring what is said in the Torah, not to get too close to the going of the remaining Arabs Israel, and not to have anything to do with their idolatry or any of their practices. But rather, stay loyal to Hashem. The like act you've done until today. The uh, Midrash points out this is, a, this is one of the biggest compliments we ever find that the generation of Klai Yishroh getting that he says you should be davak by Hashem, you should to Hashem like you've done until today and we find in the Torah Moshe also tells Yisrael to be davak to Hashem he doesn't tell them like you've done in the past on the contrary it seems like it's an instruction or an expectation for the future we find him. we'll see it again at the end of Saf that the daughter of Yeshua was uh, they were holding by that. And that's why Yeshua doesn't doesn't tell them to reach new levels they haven't yet achieved. He tells them like you've done until today, keep it up, don't stop. Which means they're given the tacit approval that they were they were holding by that level of focus And then just like until today, no one's been able to stand up to you. Same thing will happen in the future. Ish Echod became your def this was the prosignist, Right, so that's the first point. That if you're loyal to the Torah, we'll fight your battles for you and you'll be successful to conquer the West, all the pockets of resistance which still remain is Israel. And now you have the second point. It's interesting, he brings us to the second, a second instruction. And his first instruction was to keep the Torah and to be davak by Hashem. And now he adds a new, le- a new level of ex- what I want Scotch all to do, and that is to love Hashem. Because if you're going to the opposite, you're going to, instead of that, uh, stick to or join with, they're going to remain with you, you're going to intermarry with them, you're going to intermingle with them, then you're deitated, you should know, Hashem won't help you to destroy them. And then they're going to be a trap and a snare for you. They're going to marshal you. Because the various. But the the And therefore that's the saying says that leaving the Gaim in our is going to be a pitfall for Kla Yisrael. And therefore Yeshua warns us not to do that. Now the interesting point here is that he uses the idea we said as a second instruction. Hashem, because if you don't have Hashem, you'll be davok to the God. And this is something Chazal pointed out in a number of places. An interesting idea that there's no middle road. It's either all. If we're not davok with Hashem, then we be to be davok in the God. We're not connected to the Baruch Hu, we will connect to the culture around us. The only thing that saves us from being connected to the culture around us is the Right. Section. And why is it like that? Why is it either or? So there's a number of ways to explain this. The simplest way to explain this is that the balance within a person, between the eight atav and the eight over, that there are two different attractions putting a person in different directions, and uh, a person doesn't stay neutral. He's either being pulled by the one, and if he's really sticking to or it, he's pulled by the other one. And therefore, the eight to avoid the attraction to the going is the advakas to and as Isha warns him, if you're going to lose your level of focus, then automatically you're going to get double to the guy. There's another point here as well. Another point here as well. And that is, this is something we see a lot in the Muslims' to discussed, and it's also an important point. And that is, there's two ways. There's two ways that a person can fight, so to speak, the temptation to connect to something right. Here he's talking about connecting to the guy, but any other temptation for right, there's two ways to fight. The one way to fight is for a person to use his his intelligence, his sechel, let's call it even his conscience, against the etzrat, which is an uphill battle. It's a very difficult way to fight, because on the one hand it's what a person wants to do, against that what a person's preventing himself doing him because he feels it's wrong. He knows he's not meant to do that. So the his voice of reason has to so to speak be stronger than the pull of his emotions, which is possible. A person can use his cycle to control himself, but it's more difficult. The other way to do it is it is there's an opposite attraction. And there's something putting a person in the other direction. So if that's the case, it's not that I have to fight the whole time against what I want. On the contrary, I'm doing what I want. Except where if, I, if I've if i developed a want for something rukhni, if I've de- developed an attachment to something which is good, so then it's not about if I'm doing what I don't want, or I'm withholding myself, restraining myself from doing what I want. It's the other way around. I'm connecting what I want to do, but because I have this, what I want to do, we made it, I don't feel, so to speak, pulled to a different one because I'm so satisfying my, my desire for something by doing what I'm doing. And therefore, if a person has a sense of dvakas, the then he, fo- he feels the closeness of connecting to Hashem. He doesn't miss that feeling of closeness to any of connecting to someone else, in the case here, to the guy. If a person doesn't have the dvakas, so on the one hand he wants to connect with the goim, but what he has against that is just his ability to restrain himself is that much more difficult. Which is what Chazal say. Chazal not talking about the goyim necessarily, Chazal talking about amazing thing, Chazal talking about the Yetzer of a race. And Chazal say that and the Ramman brings us to the end of Hilchus uh Surabi, the final law in Surabi the Raman says that the best I'll talk about the, the, all, the, all the safeguards that Chazal said in place. The person shouldn't speak to women, they should be yichud with women, they should interact with them and do business with them. All the interactions there could be to prevent a person from intermingling too much too much with women. The Raman's final point is The best thing, the best defense there is in the world, that a person should be should be A person should be focused on learning Torah because it's A person develops in a closeness, an attraction to Torah. And we that once he's connected to Torah, he doesn't feel the need to connect to anything else. And therefore he says, The possibility of a person looking for that kind of attraction is only because there's nothing else he has to connect to. So it without a positive charge to connect to, a person gets connected or gets pulled to connect to something negative, And then it's an actual battle. Yeah. To try and restrain himself, it's an feel battle. If a person has the connection, the pull to something positive, so that, like he's talking about terror in that case, so then he made it that Yisrael writes isn't misguided on him, it doesn't have anything to offer, to connect to this, but he's already connected to something else. And the same other thing over here, what's going to stop our connection to the Goyim? Yeshua doesn't just say avoid them. He says that way to do it is to keep make sure that you and when the connection to Hashem, I have no reason to connect the Goyim. I have something better than that. And if we finish which means the of all mankind, everything Baruch Hu promised you, he did, not a single thing wasn't fulfilled, and this is a certain shlémus. And as when we see that in the is is uh, carried out to completion. So it gives a certain chizuk to the imun. But you see everything Akadosh Baruch Hu says he did. As you see, we don't see this too often because many of the nevoth haven't been fulfilled. Yet. We're still waiting for that to happen. When it came to see us in China, in Israel, at the sixth mitzrayim, and Klai Yisrael at Yamsov saw the completion of the fulfillment of the nevoth, so it brought to the shir. It brought to the realization of how could everything I Hashem said he, he would do, He did. The tzayis yischem, the is yischem, the galal yischem, the rakach yischem, it all happened, including what Hashem said He was going to do in the mitzrayim, it all happened. And the same thing here. Uh, all the promises Hashem made in the Midbar, what He's going to do, and bring Eretz to Eretz Canaan and give it to them, and trace out the game and establish them, everything happened. This brings us to Mishlei This is even though they hadn't finished conquering it. But- the Eretz was theirs, the, and the land was as as Hashem promised them. They hadn't finished every, like all the individual pockets of going, but the there was no country or no organized resistance. What are we going to see? And therefore, he says, "V'ha'yakasheba alechem kol adaver atay v'shedibr Hashem aleichem kei yavi Hashem aleichem iskol adaver ara adishmidah ischem ara adama atay v'azol es shenosim lachem Hashem aleichem." Just like Hashem kept His promise to do good, and He did the good, you should know Hashem also warned is going to do bad. He's going to destroy you. And just like when, "Va'avrechem esperu Hashem aleichem v'shtivay ischem v'alachtem v'alatem l'mecheri v'shtachavisim lachem." And therefore, Yeshua ends with the warning. On the one hand, all the good that Hashem promised to do, he did. And it all happens, and you, 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 can, you experience that. But there's the second half of the Postal also. And that is, which is exactly the Postal He's quoting over here. In other words, if HaKadosh Baruch is Neman to fulfill what he says, then it works both ways. On the one hand, we see the Hakarah Satov for the fulfillment for of the Nevur HaTova. On the other hand, we realize that when Hashem promises he's going to punish, he means it. It's not an empty threat. If something's in Nevur, it's going to misclaim. And this brings us, we're going to finish with this this with an interesting question. And that is, were the warnings of the Torah about Makkah Yisrael being destroyed from Moses Israel, prophecies or threats? Could they be both? Yeah, for sure they could be both, but the question is, that's really the same thing. If they're both, it means it wasn't just a threat. It was a prophecy. A prophecy. In other words, Klaishol knew it was going to happen. It is no way. Right? When when Hashem tells them that they're going to go into goddess right? and The Torah of Tishabbat. He and what's going to happen. You're going to get kicked out. And Hashem will change into the game. And will destroy you. Was that a warning? That sounds more like a prophecy. Hashem is saying what's going to happen. Similarly, um, Hashem tells us to Moshe. In this week's Fasha, you're, going to, you're going to pass away. And this people going to get up and they're going to stray. And they're going to get destroyed. But Moshe was not just a threat. Maybe in the Shema. It's coming as a threat. It's coming as a warning. In case this happens, because this is going to be the result. Maybe in the Clotus we read last week, it's coming as a warning. Hashem says, if you're going to disobey, this is going to happen. But there's clear in the verse in the Torah when this is predicted. It's not just a warning, it's predicted. And we don't need bad in right, the pasuk of Hazinu. Hazinu was, was telling us in advance the, 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 the cycle of history. And the Prophet says, I shouldn't get angry from what his children were doing. And he says, stir upon of And they're going to they're going to, look what happens, I'm going to turn my face away from them. So it's an amazing thing. Clay and Merosh were aware of the fact that they weren't going to be in a Yisrael forever. Claud Yisrael were aware in Merosh that there's in the Torah a number of times that there's going to be a period of time when they're going to be too long in the land. And they're going to fall into certain things about the Zara and Akadosh Baruch is going to get angry and Akadosh Baruch is going to chase the out it's an amazing thing not only that there's a question in the Gemara if the Kedusha is showing of Eretz Eshah's kit shalashayt so kit shalashid you know when Kedusha came to Eretz Eshah and they conquered it here in the time of Yeshua, so it became Kaddish the laws of Kermesu Meisrish the laws of Shmitzah, the laws of uh, of Arimiklat e. right there's a certain Kedusha's Eretz Eshah where all these halachas applied it. comes the goddess uh, 950 something approximately years later, and Klaiyash will go to Gedolus. And now the question is, when Klaiyash will come back, that the Eretz shall lose its kedusha, which means it needs to be re-consecrated by Ezra and the Jews coming back or not? What would be the reason why it would lose its kedusha? So there are d- different Mahalchim and the Rishonim, why the re- original kedusha wasn't lost in Laba. In other words, the understanding that the Rishonim had is it could have been, it didn't have to be ended. The Kaddushah Rishonah could have been Lhasid Love, It could have been an, an everlasting thing. Yisrael chose to be Makdushah as Israel only for as long as they were there. For example, just by contrast, Kaddushah Shneer, which means the Kaddushah from the time of Ezra, right, is Lhasid Lav. Even though Yisrael were exiled again in the time of 2nd Messiah Magdash and again in the time of the Crusades, and again in the time of the, uh, the Arabs, or whatever it's going to be, we've been exiled from Israel many times. Right, it's still Kaddish. Uh, at least in the Daravana level, the mitzvah still a here. we didn't have to read makalish each time we came back. So is, do that. So then, in other words, Ezra Nachhemia we were Makadish it last we when they were Makalisha, this is forever. When Clarish was Makalish the first time it wasn't. So the question is really you on know, Clarishra the first time round. If you see that you can Makalish Eric Israel even beyond God's for, for the even for the future, why didn't they the first time? So like I said a number of explanations given. One of them is this point. Klaus Yisrael knew it wasn't forever. Klaus already had the divorce of the Torah that they weren't going to be there forever and that they were going to go into Goddess. Whereas by Ezra and Nechamed, there was no divorce and they were going to Goddess a second time. That's what happened to us. But the said they weren't aware of that. So, the is Israel, the class, they love it. it's an amazing thing to think about. And that's what Yeshua finishes with them. He says, on the one hand, Haqadosh, you've been on a level, a very high level of service of Hashem, but on the other hand, be aware, be aware and remember that there is the warning. That there will be the daughter against Israel, and therefore, he's saying, is, Don't let it be you. You make sure to continue in the way of Hashem that you're not going to be the ones to suffer from the, the threat of the warning of punishment that the Torah gives.